is it. And the Bruins have surgically and decisively taken a lead in the series two games to one with a 7-2 win tonight in St. Louis. What's up, everything? It is, I don't know what day it is, Sunday, June 2nd. You got it. We're you did here. know. Um, and we're celebrating because Liverpool won the UEFA Champions League final. And we're a Liverpool slash European soccer podcast. Isn't that right, Ian? Isn't mm-hmm. that the sport we cover? One liver, one pool. <laughs> there was a second-minute penalty shot goal by Mohamed Salah the Egyptian king, and then an 87th-minute goal by Divock Origi. I didn't make that name up. He's a real person. And they won. They beat Tottenham. Sorry. Two to nothing. My team, rats. (laughs) And uh, we're here to celebrate it because there's certainly no other sports to talk about at all that I can think of. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. I wish it was over. The the charade is over, that's for sure. We're not a Liverpool podcast or a European soccer podcast. Sadly, we're a St. Louis Blues podcast, and that means we have to talk about <laughs> the St. Louis Blues, who lost 7-2 to to the Boston Bruins in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals in their first home Stanley Cup game in 49 years. Ian... I did not get to watch this game. I was at a wedding, which was lovely and wonderful in every way, except for the existential misery of being a Blues fan that I carry with me at all times. Much like, you know, my driver's license or, you know, mm-hmm. depression. <laughs> I carry it with me all the time. Ian, how did you feel about this game that you also didn't watch all of? Uh, yeah. um, we tried to go to Ballpark Village to watch this game, but Ballpark Village, as you might guess being from st louis was Mm jam-packed with blues fans and cardinals fans and cubs fans all at once and so then we went down to market right outside of the enterprise center to watch the game there and right when we got through the security checkpoint the guy at the stage told everyone they had to leave and evacuate because there was a storm of brewing so then we took a uber to cw pizza which is off of shoto just north of Lafayette Square. CW, like Cecil Whitaker's? No, I think it's just CW. Oh, really? I think it is. Okay. Or maybe it's WC. It's it's a C and a W. Okay. In one order or another. We've had the pizza there, and it's not like Cecil Whitaker's, but if I had sure not had not the pizza... C Pizza W? <laughs> maybe it's C... I'm, I have no idea. Look it up. I was just there, and I can't remember. Now I feel like I'm having a fever dream. I went to Lafayette Square uh, House... 
tour earlier in the day. Very fun. The the That's highlight of the day. I've heard good things about. Yeah, people that. are very rich and have done a lot to their homes, and it's very cool to see. But we were there. We watched the Blues go down three nothing. We got in another Uber and How left. About PW. PW. You got it. <laughs> When you said CPW, I'm like, oh, maybe it was a P <laughs> for pizza with pizza. pizza. <laughs> um, it's actually Cecil's uh, bastardized brother, Paul Whitaker. <laughs> oh, my, my brother, Paul. We don't like to talk about him. Yeah, and then I watched the game on a laptop for the second period, and then the third period, I tuned in and out while watching Chernobyl on HBO. Great show, very uplifting. Uh <laughs> Their, their readers only go to 3.6 Rontogen, Rotogen, something. They didn't know they were getting hit by more than that because they had maxed out. But you'd think they'd see that on their little needle, the needle would hit maximum, and they'd realize maybe we're getting hit with more radiation than this. But no, um, the Russians also, are shown to be you, incompetent. Should you be hit by 3.6? No. So you shouldn't just be, like, chilling inside. They said that they were arguing this is, like, the equivalent of getting a chest x-ray, and then this other dude who knew more said this is equivalent of getting 100 chest x-rays over and over again. Nice. So... I'm people, pulling for those people. People listening at home by show of hands, do you want this to become a Chernobyl podcast yeah. for the next 30 minutes? Because it can be. I've very been much, very been I mean, much enjoying that we're going to be talking show. about a disaster either way, mm-hmm. so we might as well talk about a Russian one from 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I walked out to the hotel bar after, in a, in a complete... Um, betrayal of my duties as a grooms <laughs> to watch Bye. the very opening of this game. I saw the first dance and all that. So it was that was my job was done. Did they play Gloria? Is that what they danced to? They sure didn't. No, oh, the bride and groom, though both lovely and wonderful, not not thrilled that the blues game fell on the night of their nuptials, which I suppose is is totally fair. Yeah, you but wouldn't have guessed they would have gotten this far. Up, ended up being such a brutal slaughter that nobody was much distracted, so I guess that's <laughs> good. Um, I did see Sammy Blay run over David Backus. That was mm, delightful. That was very good. Uh... I saw that the Blues got an early power play. I watched that. How did they get that power play? Do you remember? Mm, Oh, it was a knee-on-knee. Someone on Petrangelo. DeBrusque on Petrangelo. Yep, yep. yep. And you know what they did with their power play, Ian? This is going to shock you. They didn't score on it. Jack squat. They looked dangerous. They looked dangerous. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. That's Mm. what I say. I got a lot of time for that quote. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the Blues were flying for the first 10 minutes of the period. The quality of their chances were not great overall, though. Mm-hmm. So, Pangerstool had a tweet, I think maybe halfway through the game or something. Twitter legend. Twitter legend, mm-hmm. folks. Go follow him. He's great. That was basically like, if you're going to dominate for the first 10 periods, you have to score in that domination. Mm-hmm. Because the other team will get their chances, too. And they did. And they scored. And not capitalizing on at least a goal in those first ten minutes when we actually looked really good was pretty pathetic. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think our power play is where it all turns around. Mm-hmm. So if you get a goal there, you set the tone early. You've got your confidence. You got your feet under you, and then you just play hockey. But the opposite happened. Um, Perron took 
an idiotic call here, one of several, mm-hmm. uh, whereby he uh, jostled with Carlo, Brandon Carlo. Every time I read that, I think Coliacomo. It's <laughs> not Carlo Coliacomo. If um, only. You would have, yeah, all of his bones indeed. would have been shattered on this play. <laughs> Those floaty bones himself, the originator. Mm-hmm. Um, He's the inspiration for that movie, Glass. <laughs> Ferran takes a penalty, and the Bruins do what they do best, which is punishing people for taking stupid <laughs> penalties. Scoring 10:47 into the first period, Patrice Bergeron assisted by Tori Krug and Jake DeBrusque. Bergeron won the faceoff. It went to DeBrusque. DeBrusque backhanded the puck to Krug at the blue line. Krug walked the line and shot the puck towards Bergeron's stick, and Bergeron deflected the puck past Benenenington. And his outstretched left arm, not great. Mm-hmm. It was just that fast, too. As fast as you read it, it was about as fast as it happened. They've got a lethal power play, and we were down arguably our best penalty killer to begin with, with the mm. Sunquist suspension. I love, and these were different people on Twitter, I'm sure, not the same people, although it could have been the exact same people, but... When Sunquist got suspended, it was no big deal because Sunquist isn't even our best player. But then we lost, and I saw people on Twitter going, "What I say, Sunquist is a huge part of this team." And I'm like, "Okay, which is it?" I'd agree with the latter half, honestly. I think, yeah, they did miss him. That's why I felt that fucking <laughs> suspension was bullshit in the first place. Mm-hmm. You're down Sunquist. You're down Robert Thomas. Thomas. You're down Vince Dunn. So we'll get to it. But when people say, well, this team will turn around, it's the same team that's done this before. It's not really the same team. It's not exactly the same team. By the way, I don't think either Robert Thomas or Vince Dunn are coming back this series. Mm-hmm. They keep talking about I how think Vince doing... Dunn looks happy and he's on the ice, but I don't know. He, well, you heard his Did you hear his locker room quote, though, mm-hmm. about being how depressed it was and how hard it is to yeah. not... He knows th- he ain't coming back. I think they're doing the uh, the old, well, we're going to roll them out in practice to scare the Bruins a little bit, which is not going to work on the Bruins any Yeah, damn they're way. not scared of us on the ice. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, hopefully I'm wrong, but that's my read on the situation. And you think, well, it's one nothing Bruins, but maybe you can get a goal back or get to the end of the period, and you'll be fine, <laughs> and you can regroup. But, of course, we take... Uh, we oh this isn't a penalty yet but we allow mm-hmm. another goal 17:40 into the period so 2 minutes and 20 seconds remaining remember that kids it will become important charlie coyle his eighth goal uh assisted by marcus johansson and danton heinen blay tried to step up on the coil on coyle at the blue line and then what happened he completely whiffed he missed him no stick on puck no body on body uh, he took himself out of the play. It's now essentially a three-on-two with uh, Coyle, Johansson, and Heinen. And I, I forget who the two defensemen were at that point. But then O'Reilly chugging behind. So it should be three-on-three, three, but it's three-on-two. Uh, Coyle gets the puck to Heinen on the left, who then enters the blue zone. Heinen drops the puck to Johansson. Johansson performs a no-look pass to his right to Coyle, and Coyle labels a wrister to the back of the net. Like I said, essentially a three-on-two with O'Reilly just huffing air behind. And I can't really blame O'Reilly because really it's Blaze guy to take to make this whole play not happen, and it does. Um, 
I can't fault Bennington too much on this because just bang, bang, you'd like him to have it. But he's over there in time. He just doesn't get a piece of it. Um, he'll have more questionable goals later. It's just, yeah, I just, it sucks that it was so late. I was telling people at the bar where we were at, I'm like, well, you don't want those late goals. And I thought that was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just before we go there, it should be noted that Charlie Coyle now in 20 games, 20 postseason games and one postseason with the Bruins, has eight points and seven assists, surpassing his seven goals and tying his 15 points in 44 postseason games in six postseasons with the Minnesota Wild. I honestly think, and this isn't like a complaint about the Bruins, and I realize he's from Boston. I honestly think this is one of the things that make that make good teams so, like, like historically good teams continue to be mm-hmm. good. Is there something in playing for the Bruins that just makes you a better player? I think you just bring more every single night. And yeah, mm-hmm. he's from his hometown, and yeah, he's probably got better line mates in a better situation. Um, in Boston than he did in in Minnesota, but you don't go from fifteen points and a minus seventeen in forty four games with Minnesota to fifteen points and a plus eight in twenty games with Boston, if unless something else is going on too. Mm. And I think it's the the pride of wearing the the what is it spoke be yeah. on this chest all those spokes and as you alluded to uh that was with 220 left in the period and you think okay well at least now we'll get to it'll just be two nothing we'll get to intermission just two nothing but it wasn't it was three nothing when Sean Corelli scored assisted by Joachim Nordstrom uh, Corrali backhanded the puck to Nordstrom, who entered the zone, tied up with Edmondson. Nordstrom holds Edmondson off long enough for Corrali to enter the zone, collect the puck, and shoot it under Bennington's pads off of Petrangelo's skates and into Bennington's five hole. Still one Bennington should probably have. Mm-hmm. Not his best game by far. Um, the Blues challenged this play for offsides. It was clearly and inarguably and indisputably offsides, but apparently it wasn't because Edmondson put it back into the Blues zone, but I don't think that is a factor in offsides yeah, at no, all, so I don't understand how that matters. I don't know okay. if I heard that on the broadcast or heard someone at the bar say it or what, but I swear I heard that somewhere, and it just seems like a load of BS. So if... I saw it on I saw it online too, okay. so you must not be making it up. So if there's a if there's a if Coyle is just standing in front of Bennington mm. and Pareko like botches a, a handle at center ice and it goes back into the zone, can he just pick it up and score? Is that how offsides works? Get rid of offsides. It's stupid. <laughs> get rid of it. It doesn't make sense. Nobody knows the rules. Get rid of it. I'm not saying get rid of the review, get rid of offsides entirely. Who cares? Mm. Who cares? I know it changes the strategy of the game in a significant way, but it doesn't change it in like a broken way. Yeah, my, I yeah, they didn't used to have it. Have some nuts, NHL. Just have <laughs> some, have some stones and do something creative. Don't they always want scoring to go up? Yeah, put some friggin' no offsides off. in there. Yeah, you'll get people getting fifty plus goals for sure. There'll be whole. There'll be a whole. Uh, there'll be just like a whole group of players now that are just going to be cherry picking players that yep. you're going to draft for because they're amazing at it. So yep. Goals over goals. 
We've just fixed hockey, folks, right here on the Two Guys No Cup podcast. And so, of course, the Bru- the Blues are assessed a bench minor, meaning Craig Berube has added to his career penalty minute total, <laughs> um, which is, was already sizable. I think seventh all time or something along yeah. those lines. This was served by David Perron. I don't know if that goes towards his penalty minute God, as I well. Hope so, um, the which uh, put the Bruins on a power play going into the next period, which of course. They scored on. You want to mention how many shots the Bruins had on the power play right now? Uh, they had, on these two combined, they had two shots. And do you want to mention how many goals they had on these two combined power they plays? two goals on two shots. Okay, cool, cool, cool. There's a picture with Jenna Fisher and John Hamm and Gary Bettman. I guess that's supposed to make me feel better. Great. Um, They're in the pockets <laughs> of big hockey. <laughs> Apologists. Uh, 41 seconds into the thir- second period, the puck comes out of scrum along the right boards to Bergeron at the point. Bergeron passes the puck along the blue line to Krug. Krug passes the puck into the slot for Pasternak. Pasta had all the patience and time in the world to go backhand up over Bennington's right pad. I know you said this. I know the boys are on the PK, but where no. is the protection of your own slot? I was trying to yeah. serve it up to you, Sorry. and then, no, it's I'm just going to stare at you. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that play sucks. It sucks. Pasta's just sitting in front of the net. If there's one place you're going to protect on the PK, it's the very front of your net. And I only caught the highlight of this one, to be fair, so it looked like our box had been shifted to the right as there was the puck was over there, but we didn't. we couldn't shift fast enough on this pass from... Bergeron to Krug down to Pasta. We were like still just too fucking slow to get over there. Bortuzzo this entire time is behind Pasta, like in in a bad way, not like behind him, like covering him, like way behind him. Mm-hmm. And that's the closest guy. Mm-hmm. It's fucking not awful. Good. Here's a question for you. First forward in minutes was Ryan O'Reilly with twenty three. Mm-hmm. Second forward in minutes was Vladimir Tarasenko with twenty. Who was third? Was it David Perron? It was David Perron. Yeah, I like I saw that. I, so we, obviously we like Craig Bruby a lot. He's the first head coach to get the boys to the Stanley Cup since Scotty Bowman. So must, <laughs> There's only two. There's only two. Right. That's so crazy. But, <laughs> you are like Scotty Bowman. I don't think he's great at game, in-game adjust, adjustments. He seems to be pretty good at game-to-game adjustments, mm. but I think he's getting real out-coached in-game by Bruce Cassidy. And I think that's like... First of all, he had six minutes in the box, so literally how did he actually... Well, I guess he didn't have six minutes because they scored on out of the power play. Yeah, so he only had like three minutes. He but just like, pops right out. On top of, I just don't understand how the guy that is committing every penalty is the guy that gets three, the most ice time, the mm. third most ice time. Whatever. So it's four to nothing, Blues. The game is obviously over at this point. I mean, I know there were some folks out there hoping for the Monday night miracle Saturday night special special sure the saturday evening surprise i don't know but anyway it wasn't gonna happen i don't think we're just watching the flow of the game uh but they did 
start to cut into the Bruins lead with their first goal in 49 years on home ice in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Ivan Barbashev with his third goal of the playoffs with his family in attendance yet again. They need to stay here. They need to put him on retainer. He'll they be an 82-goal scorer. Send him to Boston. Um, Zach Sanford and Alexander Steen on the assist. Sanford gets big props for this one for fighting off a Chara check behind the net um, and then passing it in front to Barbashev, who was unnoticed in the slot, and he shot the puck past Rask off of, like, seven skates and four sticks to score the uh, first goal and in the shutout. Any other thoughts on this goal? No. Cool. Happy someone scored. Tori Krug scored a minute later. On a power play. This is good for my playoff pool, though. How this did, is very good. Have we get the? How'd they get this power play? Was this the other Perron Stupido? Uh, it might have been. There um, were actually quite see. a few that ended up going both what ways. What time was it? Uh, this was twelve minutes into the second Perico, period. a high sticking against Brad Merchant. Uh, but I heard this was boneheaded from what I read. Oh, on Colton Perico. Yeah, bonehead. <laughs> he got a head, so. labeled. He's got a buffalo head. Yeah. Oh, so does David Vegas. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> we got some buffalo heads. Oh, what a burn! What a sick, sick burn. Uh, Tory Krug, his second of the postseason. Uh, Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron assisted. Marchand kept the puck. Uh, Exit from exiting the zone and then passed the puck to Krug. Krug walked in from the point to the top of the right circle and whipped a wrister. Uh, the puck went off of Jay Bomeister's stick and under Bennington's glove. Benner got a piece, but not enough. And it was a goal. Mm-hmm. And Bennington was pulled, I would say rightfully, for both that he was not being very good. Mm-hmm. And why would you leave him out there to continue not yeah, being very good? Just arrest him. Jake Allen plays in the Stanley Cup final. That's kind of nice. I guess that's nice for him. Because he gets yeah. some time. Yeah. Because we haven't pulled... Have we pulled no, Bennington at all? No, no it's, it's all been Bennington. His first appearance all postseason. So, okay. Um, man, I mean, that was the moment where <laughs> at the wedding with the people that I was trying to kind of keep informed, I was like, yeah, this is happening. So <laughs> bye-bye series. Uh, we'll talk about whether I still feel that way. In a moment, but uh, Jake Allen between the pipes. There were some good looks by Steed and Barbashev late in the period, but they couldn't solve Rask. Uh, O'Reilly had a really nice move where he pulled up on a rush play, but then he whiffed on the shot, and then he took an actual shot, and it rings off the crossbar. Really good scoring chance goes awry. Wouldn't have probably mattered in the long run. The Blues had a four-on-three power play that they couldn't score on, but then they get a power play goal. Was that five-on-four, I take it? Mm. Uh, from Colton Pareko, second goal of the postseason, O'Reilly and Bozak on the assist. Pareko slap shot from the point, goes off Carlo's arm and over Raskin into the net. 5-2. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was an empty netter from Achari, uh, Nordstrom and Coyle on the assists, And there was a an additional goal from the Bruins because we gave them a last-minute power play. That would have been Petrangelo slashing against Achari. I'm sure that was probably not childish or 
petty yeah, in any our way. Our captain doing that to a fourth line yeah, player. Exactly. Good stuff. Uh, power play goal number four. Ian, uh, update us on how many um, power play shots they'd taken after scoring this goal. They had taken four shots, one on each of their four power and plays. Update me on how many power play goals they scored in this game. Four goals. So that would be four goals on four shots on four power yeah. plays. Terrific. Marcus Johansson gets the credit here, although a big assist goes to Jake Allen, Tory Krug, and Connor Clifton on the actual real-life assists on the scoreboard. Johansson passed the puck to Krug. Krug passed it back to Johansson, who slapped a one-timer past Jake Allen. Uh, Allen should have been able to get this one, I mm. think. I would say it was as bad as any of the Bennington saves or non-saves. But it's also his first action in two months in the Stanley Cup final in a game that's well over, so who cares? I'm not burying Allen. Uh, Ian, the Bruins scored seven goals in this game. Would you like to tell me how many shots they took? Only 24. Oh, God. Uh, they won the faceoff percentage 56 to 44. Uh, the Bruins actually have more penalty minutes, believe it or not. Was there a fight? A fighting, perhaps? I think there were some offsetting ones. Let's see. Boston. We had a couple game, or not game misconducts. Unsportsmanlike conduct. DeBrusque kneeing, roughing on Clifton, McAvoy slashing, Chara unsportsmanlike, Connor Clifton crosscheck, Brandon Carlo interference, Chara roughing against Carl Gunnarsson, which we should talk about momentarily, Jake DeBrusque. Delaying the game by puck over the glass. Zidane Chara hit Carl Gunnarsson behind the net very high on his skull mm-hmm. in a much less questionable play in any way than Oscar Sundquist. So it will be fun to see him not get a hearing and not get a suspension in any way today. Mm-hmm. He's because Zidane he's Zidane Chara and he just gets to do that He's stuff. 42 and he's a captain and he's played played for so long and he's paid his dues so you know just hit people wherever you want and he's very my favorite he's very tall yeah he can't he's hit, just so tall he can't not hit carl he's always gonna hit people in the, the glass because it's just right there in front yeah. of him uh so that'll be fun i'll enjoy that that's that's fun so it's seven to two blues lose 35 hits though to 29 so you won the real battles Great. the Bruins <laughs> get 19 block shots to our seven and we have seven giveaways to their four thoughts on this game ian uh, I don't care that the Bruins' power play is so good. I don't care. You have to be better on the penalty kill. Also, you have to stop giving them power yeah. plays. How about If you know that, that's the thing is we had, and I know some of these were offsetting and whatnot, like we would get a, you know, a four on three and things like that, or four on four time, but like they had four power, or power plays. We had five. We had five power plays. Now, some of them might have been smaller amounts of time, but like you scored on one of them. That's it. And people are like, oh, it's really hard to score. This is a Stanley Cup final. It's supposed I'm to so be tired. hard for both teams to Yeah, score. I'm so tired of just feeling like they've got time. They don't have time. You don't have time to turn things around. You do, actually, but, like, you can't... How, how much more? But you, you do and you don't, because, like, they have the next game, and mm-hmm. if they lose the next game, the series is over. Has any team ever won a, single, a Stanley if, Cup after being down 3-1 in a series? Probably, but not the St. Louis Blues <laughs> and not against the Boston Bruins. I was like, you have to win on Monday. You have to. You have to win it. 
And I do feel there's something in me. This team has grown this one's within me that I like do believe that they could and they can. And I do believe that they go down 3-2, that there's a chance that they could win the whole series even though they're down 3-2. But you're not going to win it when you're down 3-1. You're not. Even if you make it 3-2, does that make sense? If you're down 3-1 and then you win game 5 and you make it 3-2, I still think you're going to lose versus if you were to make it 2-2 and then go down 3-2. Yeah. They, you have to win on Monday. Yep. And the thing of it is, we'll celebrate this accomplishment of being in dead last and making it all the way to the Stanley Cup Final and their first Stanley Cup Final in 49 years, and we'll celebrate all of that in the summer and we'll celebrate it in years to come as we can look back on it with fondness and awe and, you know, just great respect for this team. But in the moment, if you botch this up, you've failed. Yeah. Because you're you're in the circle, you're in the circle with one other team, and if you lose, you lose. And there's no, like, but you got all the way here. We'll talk about that later, but, like, you have to win on Monday. And here's what frightens me, too. And I don't want to be negative, Nancy. I really don't. It's too late. But this game forces some of it. And the Blues, I don't think the Blues are the class of the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. I think the Flames are extraordinarily good and a goaltender short from being elite. I think the Sharks are obviously very good. It sounds like Carlson may stay there, which will be more pain than pleasure in the long run because there's no way any contract he gets is going to be sustainable long term but it could be very hard if he gets his surgery and feels better for next year mm. um the avalanche are f terrifying mm -hmm. vegas should have been in the vegas second round is great and should have been in the second round and nashville and winnipeg aren't going anywhere nor is dallas so it's not like we've reached this level where it's like, okay, well, now we're like an elite cup contender because we made it there this year. We fought and clawed for everything. We absolutely deserve to be where we are. I'm not saying any of that. But, like, if you don't win this next year, this year, I don't think you're necessarily likely to get back in the next three or four. You mm -hmm. could. Yeah. But nobody can just assume that they're going unless they're like the Penguins or someone, and we're not the Penguins. You have to have one of those superstars that can just yeah. will you that far. Yeah. And w that's the one thing we still really, really lack. And you can't really get them unless you get the first overall pick. Mm -hmm. You know? So, and, yeah, so I, d I don't know. I'm not... I'm not trying to be negative. All I'm saying is, like, get the job done this year so that there's no unanswered questions, you mm -hmm. know? And I think they still can. I'm hopeful. I mean, just think of someone in 1970 going, ah, we might not make it next year, but I'm sure we'll make it back at some point. And then 49 years later is when they do. Yeah. That could happen again. Or worse. Or better. But that's why, I'm, like you're saying, you just never know. It could be next year. Yeah. You could. This could be the thing where it's like, oh, they didn't quite make it this year, and then next year they run through the Western Conference and they meet the whoever's the Lightning and the mm -hmm. in the final, and they just run over them because it's like they've been hungry for a whole year. Yeah, and that could be. That'd, that'd be, be the that'd thing. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. But like, it also could be fifteen years from now when we've bottomed out as a franchise and we draft, <laughs> you know, 
Jacob Jacobin. Jacobson <laughs> as the we first. We went for J's. It's all about the J's. <laughs> as the first overall pick. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't want us to lose. Yeah. I, that's obvious. That's mm. That's a given, but just don't. Just please don't. And I don't understand the people who are out there. I mean, I, I guess I respect them, but I don't understand them who can be like, uh, you know, well, um, or just as an example, I've seen a lot. Well, you know, if we, a lot of us said Blues won in six, and if they're going to win in six, they have to lose twice. And it's like, yeah, but you don't have to lose that way. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what our opening intro was about with the wake-up call this time, because it's like, how do you need a wake-up call in the Stanley Cup final? I don't know how, do how you, you need, come out like that. How do you need, like, some sort of baptism to, like, bring you to life in the first Stanley Cup final game in f- almost 50 years in your home venue? Which, in this venue at all, by the way, because the last one was in the arena. Mm. I don't, like, that place was electric. It was rocking. Layla did the Let's Go Blues. Mm. And then you just lay an egg? I think, I honestly do think... And I hate it as an excuse, but I think it's true. I think some of the spotlight got to these guys, like because it was just like jitters of we got a hit. It looked like it looked a little bit like a first game of the playoffs, where all of a sudden you're like, I got a hit and make the make the fans want it and love it, and we'll just we're just gonna throw everything at the net because that's what they were doing to start, and that that's you know they weren't necessarily great chances. Like we just want to get in the game, we were in the game, yeah, first first finals game here in forever, yeah, 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 we're in it, and the Bruins were there to just play a road game. And they did, and they capitalized on every every mistake we made with all those power play goals, and we just looked completely shell-shocked from it, and we seemed to be playing better as the game went on, but I don't know how much of that is the Blues playing better versus the Bruins just sitting on a four-goal lead and going, well, we're not going to like try that hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It's, it's, a tough, it's a tough loss to react to because part of me legitimately part of me is like well the series is over we just get blown out and then there's another part of me that's like well that game's in the past and the series mm-hmm. is still anyone's to take hold of you know it is next game um but i was told basically i was i kept being told that a series isn't isn't really defined until someone loses on home ice and now we have i mean i know the bruins did it before us but they took that back right away mm-hmm. so we you just you you legitimately have to win game four. Mm. It's not like I felt like game two is a must win, but game four you you like have to win. Mm-hmm. You have to. We are because you're not winning three of the four games in Boston. We're like five and six, I believe, at the Enterprise Center thus far this postseason. Not great. Yep, I don't know what that is. I think it's. Laziness and and complacency, I really do. I think it's well. Games here should be easier, so mm-hmm. we don't have to try that ten percent harder. And at least two of those wins were one was the game seven against Dallas, and the other was the game six against the Jets. So they were in like close it out games mm-hmm. where I believe we can win. So now we have like three other random wins that were, you know, not games we were closing a team out in. So doesn't doesn't bode well. Doesn't look great in terms of a home home record yeah it sure doesn't um the blues penalty kill you mentioned has to be better there were three goals off of deflections uh some intentional and others not what do you think about that i mean i think that makes me feel better about bennington rebounding i already thought he'd play better next game but 
if it's this many deflections, like I think the one was off of Bergeron intentionally, and then there was one off Petrangelo's skate and one off of Bowmeister stick. Um, clean some of that up, and you know, you've got a whole different game going for you. So I hope that that means Bennington will be all right next game. Without seeing some of these goals last night at first, I thought he was imploding. I was like, oh no, there it is. Now we have a goalie question mark <laughs> again. But uh, it was nice to see that a lot of them weren't necessarily directly his fault. I still think, yeah, he had a rough game because normally he's either stopping deflections or like that Petrangelo deflection for um, the third goal there was so far out that I feel like he still could have adjusted or like stopped it there. It just went under his pads, could have been down earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I hope he's better. I think he will be. I think that's the one thing I didn't feel like I know for sure going into game four. Yeah. Whether or not that's good enough. Because, I mean, again, they scored seven goals, but you only scored two goals. They could have scored three goals, and you wouldn't have won. Two goals isn't that's enough. That's the thing. I'm still so torn between total depression <laughs> and some sort of hopefulness, and I'm not sure I can decide which I should be at. I think it's all answered in game four. You know, I'm hopeful for game four but if they win it then I'm hopeful they can take the series still um if they lose tomorrow then series is pretty much over I'll watch but I'm not I'm not banking on it man yeah I don't know I don't know Cubs Cardinals swap the Cubs this weekend so that's, that's well awesome. great good you're, stuff you're wearing a cardinal shirt yeah I so. wish I wasn't <laughs> Shirts versus skins. <laughs> Shirts versus skins, the podcast. I thought, uh, you thought the Steam Barbershop Samford line looked feisty and ready to play. Yeah, they looked really good in the first 10 minutes. They were getting most of the scoring chances. I thought they got a lot of the, scoring, the real good scoring chances um, later in the game, too, as well. I don't know if it was just... Which the, is good, good, but also upsetting. Yeah, it's like, okay, like... You want your fourth line to be doing really well, but you don't want them to be doing the best of all your lines. Of all your lines. Because, yeah, there's no way that they're just dominating. It just means that they're doing really well and everyone else, not so much. Yeah. It's, that's upsetting. Um, neutral zone play in the first period, oh, you said, was... dog shit. Like, they just skated right through us. We would turn the puck over, or they would just skate right through the neutral zone. I tweeted out last night, it's like the Blues thought that both teams agreed to not do anything in the neutral zone, and then they realized, oh, wait, the Bruins never agreed to this. Too late. Oh, it's so fr- I mean, it's so frustrating to watch just sloppy play be the death of you. you know, mm-hmm. or, or not over-aggressive, but just dunderheaded, I mm-hmm. guess. You know, cement heads, as the, <laughs> as the Canadians might say. Well, as much as people were complaining about, oh, Bruins getting all the calls, like in previous games and stuff, and, you know, there's certain calls on this game that we didn't get, we still got more power plays than them, technically. Mm-hmm. And on top of it all, the runaway of all of these goals, the first goal was a power play goal, but the second goal and the third goal weren't. Those were even strength. And then they got the second power play goal to make it 4 nothing because we challenged the third goal. So really, if we cleaned up the 5-on-5 five five sloppy play of the first period, it's a one nothing game. And it's not 4 nothing, you know, a minute into the second period. Yeah. So the thing that everyone complains about with their power play being so deadly would, wouldn't have mattered, at least to start with, if we just would have been better 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just 
Nah, I'm just in a bad mood. Um, you want to talk about the advanced stats a little bit for those who are new or don't know, Corsi 4, which we'll talk about a lot, is a, a metric designed to capture a team's possession overall. It measures mm-hmm. things like shots and block shots and something else. Uh, I think it's blo- I think it's even just block shots, shots that were saved, and even, I think maybe sometimes even missed, yeah, yeah, missed okay. shots too. Uh, but it measures all that stuff and kind of tries to give you a percentage of the flow of a game that a team controls. It's not perfect, but it's a good kind of general measure. So mm-hmm. how did the Blues do in that category? Uh, five on five, their course C4 in the first period was 30%. Uh, but in the second and third, it went up to 66% and then 73%. Again, how much of that is the Blues turning it on versus the Bruins going, ah, screw it, we're up 4 nothing. we don't need the puck anymore, uh, that's up to you. We had more high danger chances, though, 13-7 um, to 7 in all areas of uh, strength there. And then we also had, let's see, what was it? Our expected goals for were better than theirs as well. Five on five, we had point eight eight in the second period to their point five eight, and we had point six five to their point two four in the third period. So, I don't know. Rask's a good goalie. I mean, Rask's a good goalie. There's a couple of chances I think would have gone in against Jones or even someone like Bishop, possibly, but I'm just stopped him. It's just a little, yeah, little I mean, here on the arm, here on the shoulder. He gets a piece of it, and that's all he needs. There's a reason he will win the Conn Smythe if they win the finals and even has a chance at winning it if they don't win the Mm -hmm. finals so uh it was the first game in five that tarasenko didn't score that's upsetting um but not you know the end of the world necessarily you want to see him get back on it um before next game hopefully uh yeah i just i don't know i won't i don't want to necessarily cut the podcast short because we haven't gone very long on this game but Mm. i also don't know how much more there is to say um, I mean, it's like the first game. Just yeah, when we said it in the first game, you couldn't afford to have another game like this, and then here you go. And again, you can't afford to have another game like this. And you know, maybe they look better in the fourth game, and I'll feel better about it, and they'll win. But am I going to expect game five they're going to get punched in the mouth again, and they'll respond again in game six? Like I'm tired of them needing to respond to just be the better team. Like Alex Petrangelo after the game said that they didn't play their game and they didn't they couldn't get to their game all game and game game game. But like, if you couldn't, why why didn't you play your game? And I would expect this is my head cannon. I would expect that they would be like, well, it's not like it's not that simple. You don't just like turn it on and play your game. Like, okay, well then don't give me a, a fucking simple answer like we couldn't play our game. Mm-hmm. What was it? What was it that fucked you over? It's pretty simple. You can just say their power play. You can just say we need to play more disciplined hockey. Their power play is very good. And our penalty kill also needs to be better. The end. Yeah. It's, it's, I hate the their game. I hate the excuses thing. I hate... They haven't done it as bad this year. But I just... I, I kind of wish they once, they would kind of say something like that was an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. We came out in front of our home crowd for the Stanley Cup final and that was embarrassing. And we're sorry and we're not going to do it again. I feel terrible. For people at that game. I hope they enjoyed it. I hope they had fun. I hope like they had lots of like yeah, lots of fun on the screen, lots of fun games and fun celebrities there because yeah, you paid over a thousand dollars to watch that. And that's that's the risk. It's inherent in buying it. They coin flip, they lose or they win before you get there. You just don't know. 
especially with a five and six record, really a coin flip. But you don't want you don't expect to see a seven two drumming. No, no, you do not. And I'm genuinely sorry to people who paid a thousand dollars to see that. Uh, genuinely, that's why I can't do it. That's why I will never be able to do mm-hmm. it. I can't take a thousand dollar gamble on my night just being miserable. <laughs> Because there's no way, like, I don't... That would have been shitty to go to for, like, $50. I personally, and I I know this is different for me. I'm, like, a super introvert, and I get that. But, like, I personally don't get enough enjoyment out of, like, being in a loud venue and feeling the excitement of the fans, you know, and, and drinking $10 beers or whatever to, like, justify watching a crappy game, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I just can't do it. So... Seeing something like that would just make me miserable and angry. So I'm sorry to those of you that went. I hope it was fun. I really do. I mean, I hope you have fun. I hope so. But mm. I sure would not have. I would have had fun. I was being... at a wedding and I was not having fun <laughs> because of how bad the boys were. So. I would have had fun being outside in the market watching this, even if they sucked, because at least you're around everyone. Mm. They're like, well, this sucks, but you can go drink beer and buy Western Conference paraphernalia at these places and... There were some Bruins fans out there, and that would have been kind of fun. I don't know, see a fight, but no, nope, <laughs> it rained, and you had to go, had to go somewhere else. To PWCW Pizza. Yeah, it's good pizza. I mean, I didn't have any of the pizza there, but I have had it before, oh. and it was good. So maybe it's bad now. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm just, I don't, I don't want to. Don't go there and say I told you you went there. First of all, they're not going to know who the fuck you're talking about. But two, I would feel awful. That's... But I thought it was good. Then I just had a beer. And a half of another beer. I was, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's just, I had lots, lots of beers last night and they didn't help. They didn't help. I didn't have enough. I was, <laughs> Maybe we need to move on to stronger I was, stuff. I was far too sober. I had some, I had a vodka Sprite that one of the bridesmaids made me drink. It was like nine tenths vodka. This dude <laughs> could not make cocktails, but it was stronger than beer and still not strong enough. <laughs> I haven't found the right cocktail to ease the existential, <laughs> existential crisis. Um, the wedding planner, I found out casually for this event, is mm. also planning Pat Maroon's wedding. They're apparently like lifelong mm. family friends. and She did a great job, so the Maroon nuptials, I'm sure, will be quite an event. I'm sure it will be uh, the event of the season here in St. Louis. Also, Pat, uh, his fiance is one of the Gito children, as in Charlie Gito's, so it's a real St. Louis oh, power couple. <laughs> I found out the lady that cuts my hair used to cut David Backus's hair. There you go. See, we got all sorts of connections here on the Two Guys scoop. No Cup podcast. She said she doesn't like him very much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um... Anything else we can talk about? Any other hockey stuff? What happened? Something happened in hockey this week that was stupid, right? Did it? Dave Tippett got hired by Edmonton. That's not really stupid. Oh. Phil Kessel. <laughs> Let's talk oh. about Phil Kessel for a minute, shall we? Can sure, we? why not? May we? The Not really Phil Kessel so much as Paul Fenton. You know how earlier I was bemoaning the fact that the Blues aren't the cream of the Western Conference? Well, they're certainly not the crap of the Western (laughs) Conference either. Because that dignification goes to Paul Fenton's Minnesota Wild, who tried desperately this week to rid the... 
Penguins not only of Phil Kessel's crappy contract, but also of Jack Johnson's <laughs> crappy contract. And the only thing that saved them from allowing uh, Jim Rutherford this Shangri-La of a deus ex machina uh, was Phil Kessel's refusal to go to Minnesota because he correctly ascertained that they would not be contenders. So <laughs> a shout out to Paul Fenton for that. Uh, meanwhile, the Los Angeles Kings, whose biggest problems are being old and having terrible contracts, are talking to the Tampa Bay uh, Tampa Bay, Toronto Maple Leafs about getting an old person with a terrible contract, namely Patrick Marlowe. You'd better hope they do because you got to eat black licorice if they don't. Uh, I think this one was, was a it sock. a shoe, a sock? Okay. Please, um, I hope he gets traded to L.A. I don't want to have to eat a sock we'll covered find, in sriracha. We'll find like a cotton candy sock or something for you a to candy. eat. But, I'm sure um, they, if they make candy cigarettes, they got to make candy socks. Um, but yeah, so I don't... Patrick Marlowe used to be head coached by Todd McQuellen. I'm sure McQuellen thinks he's a real character guy that'll help improve the Kings. He won't. Jesus. I do hope uh, Mar- Marlowe finds a place where he can play, like, one and a half more seasons, because if he does, he'll have more games played than any NHL player ever, which would be kind of cool. Um, but that was strange, uh, Nikita Zaitsev of the Maple Leafs has asked for a trade, which means the Maple Leafs are trying to unload him. But yeah, I guess there's not a lot else to talk about. Finland won the worlds. Yeah, they're the That's new really cool. powerhouse. Uh, the women's league is probably falling apart, except maybe the NHL will start one, but probably not because Gary Bettman is a knuckle dragging Neanderthalic. <laughs> Monster of a human a picture being. With Jenna Fisher. Oh yes, and I'm sure she's very passionate about the NWHL <laughs> and the Buffalo Buttes. But um, I'm a Buffalo Butte. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, just I'm, the draft's coming up. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I'm like a huge expert or fan of women's hockey, but just do the right thing, Gary. Be the guy who does the thing. Let this be your legacy and not the three lockouts. That's Southern hockey. That's his legacy. Uh, he can Southern comfort something. And God, that was out. The draft. The draft's in two yep, weeks. Yeah, draft's coming up. We don't have a pick in the first round, but uh, maybe we will when we trade Joel Edmondson for a first round pick. Sure. That'd Why be not? Dope. I'd do it. Mm. <laughs> like I said that I would do that as if anyone wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I guess we've I get we've we've made enough stuff up. I guess I don't have a lot more to say. The Blues have to win Game Four, and until they play it, we can't really know much about this series because even as bad as Game Three was, it has to be an anomaly. Or if it's not an anomaly, then we're just done here. <laughs> and either way, we have to find out by watching Monday night's game, which we shall do, and talk to you after that. So until then. Be better? Wake up! Wake me up! Wake me up inside! I can't wake up! Wake me up inside!